0: Today I want to talk along these lines of the promise, the process, and the provision. The promise, the process, and the provision. I'll read a few of my notes, we'll go into the scripture, and then we'll see what the Father has for us this morning. So, thank you William, you can play or you can, you can be, you can chill, whatever you want to do. I might get my TD on later, so just have the organ ready. <laughs> Nobody preaches like that guy. The promise, the process, and the provision, God is a God of order, and he's a God of pattern. And once God sets a pattern, you can be sure that pattern will appear again. He's not always predictable, but once he begins a thing, you can be sure he's going to complete it. For most of us, our issue lies in discovering exactly where we are in his pattern. Whether we're in the promise or where I think most of us are in the process, or in the provision. If we never discover the process by which God brings a thing to pass, then we're doomed to live like blind men groping in the darkness. The word I speak today, I speak to individuals, I speak it to families, to this church and to everyone represented here today. Just as sure as there is a promise, there must be a promisor. And a promise is only as good as the one who makes the promise. If you ever read over in Hebrews chapter 11, many preachers call it the faith chapter because it says, by faith Moses, and by faith Noah, and by faith Abraham. But there's one peculiar verse, I believe it's verse 11, that says, by faith Sarah received strength to conceive seed when she judged him faithful that promised. And I remember when the Lord broke that down to me and said, what happened, Joshua, was she took her eyes off of the promise, got her eyes back on the promisor, and said, if he's the one that promised it, it has to come to pass. I might be one or a hundred, but if he made the promise, it will come to pass. And, and that's when she became pregnant, when she judged him faithful, when she said, you know what, the circumstances that surround my issue say that I cannot be pregnant. It does not look like I'm well past the age, she was, she was pushing 90 years old, and yet, because he made the promise, the promise is as good as the promiser, and it came to pass when she said, I judged him faithful. It's not about your faithfulness, it wasn't about Sarah's faithfulness, it's about his faithfulness to keep the covenant that he has cut. Amen. If you've been holding out, waiting on manifestation of the promise, do not grow weary. Instead, find out where you are in his design. You're somewhere between the promise, the process, and the provision. There's peace in finding out where you are. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. And I think I'm reading from from the NIV. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I just want to make this point real quick. The angel coming to Mary and saying, and we know the King James, a lot of us studied and grew up hearing the King James, Hail Mary, thou art blessed and highly favored. I just want to make this point. It was not the angel's declaration that made her favored. She was already favored. It was his declaration that made her aware of a, of a, of a reality she didn't know about. And so, just so that you know, angel and and Gabriel—we're going to talk about this in a few minutes. Angel in the scripture literally means messenger. And just as sure as that messenger appeared to that woman who was carrying, who was going to carry seed, there's another messenger standing before you today that is telling you you're going to carry seed the moment that you realize that the promise is good as the as the as the promisor. And you might be in the process, but provision is coming. Provision is coming. It's probably a lot quick coming quicker than you think. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her the same thing that the angel said to everyone that he appears to. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Say with me, do not be afraid. It is our natural instinct to be afraid of something that causes change or something that's new or something that we didn't know was going to happen. The natural process or the natural reaction is to be afraid. But from the kingdom perspective, the natural thing is to say yes, to be open to it because God operates in love. And the opposite of love is not hate but fear. And fear can choke out things that God wants to do if we don't let go of the fear and say, Lord, be it done unto me according to your word. Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. For you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. I just want to stop here. This is just something I love, 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 how every time an angel of the Lord speaks of the, he always talks about Jacob. Rarely does he say the descendants of Israel. We know Israel means prince with God, but Jacob means surplanter and thief. But I like how God even takes what we used to be, and, and he's okay being identified with our mess. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. What she said was, I don't have what it takes to get to the end of this process and bring forth the provision. Like many of us say, how many of you have the Lord whispered a thought or an idea or a dream or or a ministry idea or an aspiration and your first thought was, I don't have what it takes to do that. That's what Mary said, wait a minute, a baby, I don't even have a husband How will this be Mary says since I'm not since I'm a virgin and the angel answers and remember the lord works by pattern say with me the lord works by pattern the promise The process and the provision. And the angel speaks and says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is now in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I love it. King James says, for for with men these things are not possible, but with God all things are possible. No word that God spoke then or that he's spoken to you now, not one word will ever fail. If he said it, he's going to bring it to fruition. If he promised it, he's going to provide the provision. If he said yes, he's waiting for you to say amen. As a matter of fact, I would say heaven's yes is simply waiting on your amen. Amen. Every good and perfect gift that has, been stored up in the, that has been stored up in the heavenly storehouse is simply waiting on someone in this realm to agree with what's real in that place and that becomes a conduit by which God manifests the heavenly reality in the earth. What do you mean? In heaven there is no sickness. And when I say heaven, I don't mean the place floating around out in galaxy. I mean the realm of the throne of God. And it exists now just like it's going to exist in the by and by. And when we realize that everything that God has for us is not for tomorrow, but now, yeah. then we can access that promise. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 I like how Lynn Howell says it. I don't just want to make heaven my home. I want my home to be like heaven. Yeah. I am the Lord's servant, she says. May your word be fulfilled And then the angel left. The promise, the process and the provision. God always starts with a promise. He will send a messenger with good news and he makes a promise. And most of the promises that God makes, in fact, probably all of the promises that God makes, seem to be, at least at first, impossible. But God specializes in the impossible. He specializes, God specializes in the impossible, and when he speaks a word, it receives life by the mere fact that it came out of his mouth. When God said in the beginning, let there be light, he did not take matter that was already and create light. Light was inside of him, so when he spoke it, what was inside became a reality outside, externally. Externally. So when God speaks a promise, it has life. It may be an an embryo, but it already has life by virtue of the fact that he's spoken it. What has God spoken to you? What has God promised you for your life or for your family, for for the church, for your community, for your job? What has he said to you? What has he promised you? And where are you in this process? If you've received the promise and you've not seen the provision, you're somewhere in the process. I'm going to give you some hope in a minute because you're going to find out there's there's coming upon us a a season, a time of acceleration where we're going to go from the promise to the provision much quicker than we have in in previous, previous generations. When God speaks a word, it receives life by the mere fact that it came from his mouth. In the same way that he spoke all things into being with the words of his mouth, he still speaks today. And you can be sure that everything that God has ever spoken will come to pass just as surely as he lives. When God makes a promise, the onus is on him to make sure it comes to pass. It's on him to make sure that it comes to pass. We labor and try to make things that God promised us that he was going to do, we try to make them happen. What he's looking for is not for you to take control, but he's looking for your surrender. He's just simply looking for your surrender. He, Ma, look, Mary did not go and say, well, God said I'm going to get pregnant. I better go find a man. She said, how can this be? And he says, the Holy Spirit is going to go at work in you. And as you, as you surrender to the Spirit's work, to the Holy Spirit's overshadowing, the work will be accomplished. Simply, I'm looking for your surrender. Heaven's yes is waiting for your amen. Amen simply means let it be. And when we say let it be, in other words, let it be in my life as it is in heaven, then that's what you're going to see. Amen. Just as Mary said, so be it unto me according to your word, the only thing he's waiting is for your agreement. Your amen will activate God's word, but your agreement with his word will accelerate its accomplishment. I want to say this again. I want you to don't miss this. You've heard me say it before. Your amen will activate the word that comes from God, whether it's through a messenger or directly from God. Agree with what he said. In other words, as you begin to walk in agreement and declare in agreement and move things in and out of your life that agree with what he says, there will be an acceleration of that manifestation. Your amen activates the word. Your agreement accelerates the word. Here we see Mary receiving the promise. Once the promise was received, in fact, I would say the very moment that Mary said amen, she was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and an egg inside of her virgin womb was fertilized, infused with the heavenly glory from the Father. No wonder Jesus was called the light of the world. Amen. Amen. You think and we think that something externally is going to happen for us or or something around us is going to change or shift. And really what's happening is we're surrendering within. No one saw the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. There was no great thunderstorm or lightning or earthquake. Everything that was happening to Mary was happening inside of Mary. And there wasn't another person in the earth that knew what God was doing in Mary. But it did not take away from the reality that the Savior of the world was already been formed in a little virgin womb. I preached a series about three or four years ago talking about the real favor of God. Not Bentleys and Benzes in the trash that that these preachers preach to try to get you to give them money. But the real favor of God is the witness of his withness. That he was with her. Mary wasn't rich, but she had inside of her, living inside of her, the very seed of the living God. And no one else knew it. And for a time, she had to protect it and couldn't dare even whisper it, not even to her closest friend or husband, husband husband-to-be. And when she did, what happens? He's going to put her away because he didn't believe her. The Bible says that Joseph sought to put her away privately because in that culture, you become pregnant out of wedlock, it's the husband's right to take you outside the city gate and have you stoned. What has God spoken to you that's so precious that you can't whisper it? What has God put inside of your heart that you've got to protect? Amanda, you shared it on Facebook recently because God does something. I said that, that, that favor is a process. And suddenly happen this way, but they take a long time to develop. Your suddenly takes time to develop. Do you think the spirit overshadowed Mary and boom, there's a baby? No, sir. No, ma'am. She had to go through a process. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and in that process, her diet changed. Probably her friends changed. What she did or didn't eat changed. What she wore changed. Everything about her was being stretched and changed. <clears throat> Many of us receive a promise and if it does not not manifest within a certain amount of time, we automatically begin to question the validity of the promise. Did God really say? Do you know what that sounds like? Let me give you the source of of that right there. Do you remember when Jesus is in the the river Jordan and being baptized by John and he comes up out of the river being baptized by John and John says, Behold, I saw the heavens open and the Spirit of God descend upon Jesus and lighted upon him like a dove and I heard a voice from heaven that said this, is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now did God or did God not say that? And this has to be a little bit more dialogue. Did God say that? Yes, he said that. Did a voice come from heaven that said that? Jesus goes into the wilderness, by the way, he was driven into the wilderness by the Spirit. Not by by what we think of as the enemy, he was driven by the Spirit. And in the wilderness, the very first thing that the enemy tests is, did God really say? If thou be the son, but Jesus had already affirmed his son's identity coming out of the Jordan. So Jesus already had victory long before he ever had a wilderness experience. It's the same thing that he used to try to destroy mankind in the beginning when the serpent said, has God said? He just takes what God said, puts a little twist on it, and really what he's trying to get you to do is not question what God said. At the heart of that is we're questioning God's goodness. Can can he really do this? Is he really that good? Can he really forgive me? Can he really give me such a big dream that I'm going to have to partner with him for it to come to pass? To question a promise is to doubt the promiser, and to question uh, and what lies at the root of questioning a promise of God has made is an underlying belief that he's not always good. And if we stay in a constant state of questioning and reasoning, then we risk aborting the promise altogether. Did you hear what I said? If we stay, and many of us do, in a constant state of, did God really say that? How could he really use me? I'm beyond my years, or I missed my opportunity, or I've got to wait for this, or I've got to do that. It's never going to happen for me. And we stay in the questioning process so long then the purpose of God won't be aborted, but it might be aborted in our life. Whatever he spoke is going to come to pass, but it may have to pass over you if you don't give up saying, oh, is he actually going to do it? Could God ever do it? Am I enough? Am I good enough? Am I worthy enough? Could he, ha, ha, have I passed my, I mean, Has anybody else ever questioned yourself? Looked in the mirror and said, did God really say that to me? All of us have. At some point in our walk of maturity, we all are going to say, did God really say that? And once we settle that once and for all, once we know, no, God said it. It, They used to say, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Let's just take the I believe it part out and say, God said it. That settles it. But what's going to accelerate it is me believing in what he said. Saying amen. Amen. Be it done unto me according to your word. Everybody okay? Oh, I've got got an hour and seven minutes left. We must learn to give way to the process. The promise, the process, the provision. The middle part. Say with me the middle part the part where we can all become easily jaded or knocked off course is in the process. You're not gonna hear very many people preach anymore about process. I don't wanna belabor the point of process. I've preached it, I've understood it, I've come to a place where I understand the acceleration of time, but look, as long as the earth remains, there is this, seed, time, and harvest. Say with me, you know this, as long as the earth remained, it's the seed of God was put inside the virgin womb of Mary, that was a seed, but then there had to come a space of time, a process by which what was put inside began to develop. If Jesus had been born on day three, he would have been aborted. He would have died. If Jesus had been born in three or four months in, especially in the primitive time of 2,000 years ago, he would not have survived. There had to be a process by which the seed was developed. Not just was the seed inside of her being developed, but Mary was being developed. Can you imagine what it's like for a woman to say, it's going to be my job to teach God how to walk? It's going to be my responsibility to make sure that this baby that I didn't ask for, but that I surrendered to, this thing that I surrendered to, to grow up and fulfill everything that the Father from heaven has already spoken over his life. That's my response. Can you imagine? I would have been like, Lord, can you keep me pregnant for about five years? Nine months might not be long enough. We must learn to give way to the middle part. Not a lot of preaching about process because process doesn't put butts in seats and it certainly doesn't put dollar bills in the plate, but it needs to happen anyways because it's an inescapable reality. And if we can understand where we are, if we understand where we are, it's easier to surrender to the process. Oh, I'm pregnant. And, you, and I'm pregnant on purpose. I'm pregnant with, I'm pregnant with purpose. Or I'm, Mary is pregnant with a child. What you, you're pregnant with a dream. You're pregnant with a hope. You're pregnant with a ministry. You're pregnant with a business. I'm speaking to someone, I'm prophesying just because I'm not saying Shandai and shouting and I got no organ music. I'm telling you, someone in here is pregnant with a book. Someone is here is, is pregnant with a ministry. Someone is pregnant with a record album. Someone in this place is, pre, is pregnant with a, with a business that's going to change the world. Some of you are pregnant with, with phone apps that you're going to release the phone app, then you're going be, to become possibly a millionaire. Over the phone. Some of you are pregnant with things that are going to change your culture and change your world for the good. Who, is, am I talking to anybody in here? Am I at the right place? are you pregnant with anything give way to the process Romans 8 says this you know it I love the message versions rendering Romans 8 24 through 29 I'm sorry uh, 24 through 34 this is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother how many of you are waiting How many of you know God spoke to you and you haven't seen? Can you you do me a favor? I want you to to raise your hand if God's made a promise to you and you have not seen the the provision from that promise just yet. I'll raise my hand. I'd raise both of them, but I think I'm probably sweating too much. It's hot up here. At least it's not cold like it was a few weeks ago. We know that God spoke the promise, but I've not seen the provision. We're beginning to see it. And I want to say this, I'm going to take a a step aside from this and and tell you right now, you're beginning to walk into a season of acceleration. I'm going to to get on that point here in about five or ten more minutes, but I just want to go ahead and tell you, do not become jaded, jaded in the waiting. You're not being diminished in the waiting, you're being enlarged in the waiting. Waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. Go get my message. Ask them for the DVD or CD, Enlarged in the Waiting. It's from about three years ago. We, of course, we don't see what's enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful and of, their, of our expectancy. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, that's okay, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail of our lives of love for God is worked out into something good. That's the scripture that we know, that all things are working together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. All things. We misread that, that all good things are working for our good. But it does not say all good things work for your good. It says all things are working together. So that means good things are working for my good and bad things are working for my good. Things from the kingdom of light are working for my good. And whether they like it or not, things from the kingdom of darkness are working for my good. All things are working together. There's a positive and a negative pull on a battery and all of those things are working together to bring me into the provision that God's already promised me God knew what he was doing from the very beginning he decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son The son stands first in the line of humanity that he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. I feel like I'm talking to the New Testament church. Am I looking at the New Testament church? And after he called them my name, he set them on a solid basis. And then, after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what he had begun. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God did not hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare to tangle with God by messing with one of his chosen? My God. Sounds like my daddy. Who would dare to tangle with one of God, with God by messing with one of his chosen? What this literally says, because when you attack one of the chosen, you attack God himself. That gives me great peace. I like how Kelly Varner used to say it. The Bible says, he that watches over Israel never sleeps or slumbers. If God's gonna be up all night, I refuse to stay up all night worrying about it. Who would even dare point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in, this, in the presence of God at this moment sticking up for us. Now, we're gonna come to the end here. William, come get some keys for me. Make it real pretty and stuff. Double his pay. Give him him two pieces of bubble gum this week. No, I'm sorry, two Starbucks coffees for William. My God, he'd never stop playing. (laughs) Process is hard sometimes. And process can be messy at times. It stretches us. It moves us. It changes us. It changes our daily routine and habits. But it is a necessary part of our growth. Listen to me. What you're going through is a necessary part of your growth. It's not just something that's happening to you. It's not something arbitrary that came out of nowhere that's happening. It's a part of your growth process. And we're all at different stages in our growth process, and that's okay, and that's by design. We don't always grow at the same rate. We don't always go at the same rate. So when you see your brother being blessed or you see him having provision, just thank God for that and rejoice with him because just as surely as God kept that promise, he'll keep the one that he made to you. Our problem is we see our brothers or sisters blessed or begin to walk in provision and we say, well, God didn't do that for me. Well, maybe you're still in the process. If you can celebrate what God does for someone else, then you're going to attract into your life the provision that He's promised you. We are enlarged in the process, and if we're faithful in the process, God will bring the provision. The promise is made, the process begins, and the provision will come. I'm going to say it again. The promise is made, the process begins, and the provision will come. That's the way God patterned creation, and that's the way that it is until this day. I'm going to say we're coming to a time that, that we so trust and believe in him, a time where we stand so convinced of his goodness, listen, so open to his purpose that time is diminishing. Now we're going to say, well, now you're going to love this part. Now, if you haven't, if you've been holding that amen back in the back of your pocket for the right moment, you're about to hit that right moment. It's going to be time to throw it out there. Someone's going to have an amen, a hallelujah, or something real soon. Because I'm telling you prophetically, time is beginning to diminish. Because we're beginning to see that, it, that this is not something happening to me. This is not me getting, excuse me for saying, screwed up or, or thrown off course. This is just a part of my process. So I surrender to the process. And the moment we surrender and say, God, Lord, have your way. If you want to do it today or six weeks from now, as long as you're the one doing it, you do what you want to do. You're going you're to find we're coming to a season where time diminishes. As soon as promise comes. Because we don't need to go through process anymore if we've already surrendered to what the Father wants to do through us. The biggest part of our process is so that we'll surrender to what He wants and and crucify what we want. As long as we're willing to hang on to what we want with this hand and we're hanging on to what God wants with this hand, we're going to crucify ourselves to nothingness. But the moment we let go of what we want to say, Father... I don't care if I'm in a cow pasture or in this building right here at 188 South Shady Rest Road. It doesn't matter if if I'm in my bedroom or you've got me in the Hilton. As long as you're with me, I'm fine because I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to love you the way you've called me to love. I'm going to bless as you bless me. Is anybody else in this building? The Lord is removing delay. Some of you have been believing for days, months, possibly even years. I won't say possibly, definitely years, and a few of us for decades to begin to see a manifestation of a promise God gave you. When, if you. If you'll submit right now, and you'll believe the Word of the Lord that God is going to take delay away, that He's going to take out time, you're going to stand right here with this microphone and say, look what God did. Did you know when it comes to natural healing, you, we all know the body is designed to heal itself. Do you know that uh, that when in in a body, specifically with healing, that when a miracle takes place that has to do with your body, it's simply the speeding up of the natural process of healing. It just speeds it up. Most things that happen to your body, if you're you're eating the right things and you're doing the right things, your body is designed to heal itself and it may take a day, a week, a month, no one gets a broken bone and it's healed the next day, but it does start beginning to heal the next day. What what a miracle does is it just speeds up the process by which the healing takes place. God literally removes time out of the equation because in the heavenly realm, there is no time delay. There is, God does not exist in time, time exists inside of God. Does that make sense? What, what I mean to say is God is not confounded, uh, uh, confined to time and space. We are, and that's what we see, and that's what we understand. But when, when Kairos moments, when heavenly moments begin to overwhelm Kronos moments, the supernatural world invades the natural world, and we see on a higher dimension that what God wants to do, He wants to do for us now. Not only that, listen, don't miss this. Everything that God wants you to have or do or be is already done in the realm of the heavenly. I don't want to choke you with something too heavy. But listen, in the heavenly realm, all things are done. But in this earth, we live in time and seasons time and space. And so in a Kairos moment, what we really what what really happens is, the reality of heaven overwhelms what we understand in the earth as time and space and when time is no more then promise becomes provision just like that. The body's healed just like that. The mind is healed just like that. When that stuff begins to happen and it's already begun to happen it's already, it's already begun to happen, and this—I'm just telling you—we've walked into a season now where, the, where God is going to accelerate. And the reason I say accelerate is because He's pulling time out of the equation. Have you ever been in a service where you know let's just for instance—in a service where you're just worshiping, you're lost in worshiping. Before you know it, three or two or four or whatever hours have passed. You're like, "My God, where'd the time go?" There was no time there. You were in a timeless place. If you're looking at your watch right now, you are not operating in the heavenly (laughs) night. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. You know what I found out, a heavenly truth? Logan still bakes rolls at 2 (laughs) o'clock. Joey. Joey's making the, this is, this is, I'm tossing the watch back to you thing. No more delay. He's taking time out of the equation. Time shall be no more. The provision for the vision is at hand. Let's all stand. See? Wasn't that bad. You survived the process. The promise, the process, the provision. Many of us are waiting for the provision. I'm just telling you, God has taken the delay away. Say with me, no more delay. Now, yeah, I have a basketball team that I coach. And I've coached basketball for a long time. And I've got, we're Elon Gabriel. Elon Gabriel here, I've coached him and Jacob. And when we get, before we take the court or soccer or whatever it is that I'm coaching, we're all coming together and we say team on three. Right, Eli? And when Eli used to lead the cheer, at first he would go, all right, guys, team on three. I'd tell, okay, guys, team on three. Let's really get involved with this. he go, all right. And then Eli would go, one, two, three, team. I'm like, that wouldn't raise a pimple on a gnat's behind. Do you even believe it? And so I'd make them say, I'd make them say, come on, guys, team on three. One, two, three, team. Now, I just asked you a minute ago, I said, there would be no more delay. You're going to walk into, and halfway went, amen. I guess it'll, amen, I'm hungry. Amen, whatever, whatever. If that's your approach to the promise, you could stay in the process as long as you want. It's your decision. But if you want us to surrender to what the Father is saying this morning, surrender to His Spirit saying, He's taking away the delay. He's taking away the delay. I'm telling you, He's taking away the delay. You're going to begin to see things and understand things at a quicker rate. You're going to begin to see things in the realm of the Spirit. God's going to begin, begin to drop ideas and thoughts into your mind. They're going to come from heaven, and you're going to establish them in the earth. And God's going to let you take credit for it. There's an old, uh, it's probably the most abused scripture in all of, uh, in all of the Bible. It's in Malachi. When, Malak, when the Bible says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. Now, tithes really there wasn't just talking about money. It was just talking about the first fruit bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, That there be meat in my house, and prove me now here with, see I've heard it so many times that I can quote it. And prove me now here with, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Now you think I'm gonna collect an offering, I'm not. What I wanna tell you is that word, pour you out a blessing, is the original word is, is benediction. And benediction is a compound word. The first part of that word, benna, just simply means good, and diction means thought or word so God doesn't throw money to you but what he will do is give you an idea he'll give you a th- he'll put a book inside of you or he'll put an idea I, really, I don't know why this is the third time this has come to me someone is thinking about the, who is thinking about developing an app for a phone there's someone in here I've, Joey and I talked about this before Is there who is it if you're here don't be, don't be bashful raise your hand did somebody raise your hand you of course it would be you of course it would be you alright Lord do you have the people in, in line already to help you develop it you do well oh, Lord, I just bless it. Yes, I, you, you brought it to me three times. I just bless it in the name of Jesus that there would be multiplied increase in the name of Jesus. Accelerate the process for her. Improve me if I will not pour you out a good word, a good thought, a good idea. John and I have talked, how many times have the Lord said, this is the place to buy, don't buy that one, or do this and don't do that one. You know, sometimes God will tell you, he'll give you ideas for me. We think that all that God speaks about is Shondai's and heavenly revelation in, the wor- in, in church. But what he really wants to do is once we get out of the four walls of the church to say, yes, take this promotion, don't take that one. Talk to this guy, don't talk, or whatever. He wants to be intimately acquainted with your real life, not what we just do here inside the church. Here's an idea. He'll, he'll, make you, he'll make you a supernatural problem solver. You'll have the answer before they come to you with a problem. Don't you remember when Joseph when Joseph was locked up in the pit and he had been there for so many years and, and, and the king's like, man, I need somebody to help interpret dreams. And the, oh, you know, there is a guy. There, I've, I've heard of a guy, Pharaoh. He knows how to interpret you. You know, bring him to me some of you are just like joseph and you don't know but you're just a day or two or three away from someone in incredible power and influence waiting for what you have to give them you might be in a prison right now but god's just gonna he's gonna create the opportunity where they're gonna say wait a minute i know a guy i know a guy who knows how to interpret dreams I know a guy who knows how to build houses. I know a guy who knows how to develop apps. I know a guy, I know a guy, and they're gonna gonna call your name, they're gonna call your number, and God is gonna bless you. And when he blesses you, bless the kingdom. When he blesses you, bless the kingdom. You are the kingdom. Amen. Let's pray. Father, right now I'll seal this word inside of the hearts of everyone listening that you are beginning to take away the delay between promise and provision. We understand process, Lord. We understand and give ourselves and surrender, Lord. But our process, Lord, of understanding that you're always good and that you're for us, Lord, and many of us is complete. Now we're going to begin to see provision the moment there's a promise made. Be it done unto us according to your word, Lord. Let this word be established in our hearts. Let it be established in our homes. Let it be established in our church. And let it be established in our community. I declare it to be so in the name of Jesus. Take away the delay. Let there be a flood of testimony that come in to say, look at the goodness of God in my life, or look what God did here, or he gave me this idea, or he gave me this job, or he gave me a promotion, or whatever it is, he gave me this book idea, Father. And give us the, get, let us have the God-given gumption to follow through with what you tell us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.